Turing Vasan. Thank you for being here. I'm Vasundara Kalansuria, a full-time travel enthusiast. Here, I'll be speaking about an amazing travel destination out of my bucket list or to a very special guest about their travel adventures around the world and the travel experiences that have shaped their lives. Today, for my maiden travel bucket list destination discussion, I have selected a destination quite famous around the world. Yet, I got to know about this only four years ago. Actually, this is more of a journey than a single destination. That is, none other than the spiritual walk of Santiago or the world famous Camino de Santiago. First, I'm going to discuss with you on what is Camino de Santiago is and how you should prepare yourself to do this amazing and adventurous walk. Next, I'll be joined by my dearest friend all the way from Poland who is also a well-experienced Camino de Santiago pilgrim. Therefore, starting our little discussion, let's move on to getting to know the Camino de Santiago. What is Camino de Santiago? This is a pilgrimage route to Santiago de Compostela, a city in Spain, which all the people around the world does to reach Santiago Cathedral. The tradition of walking Camino goes back to the 9th century. Walking Camino de Santiago is known to be a great experience. The best thing about Camino is anybody can do it. You don't have to be an experienced hiker or a super athlete to walk it. Adding on to the amazingness, this wonderful journey is not limited to a single route, but a network of routes that starts in different cities, mainly in Spain, Portugal and France, and finishes in Santiago. Camino de Santiago has many different route options from a short 120 kilometers walk to the long and challenging 800 kilometers even 1000 kilometers routes depending on how much time you have what you want to see and how far you can walk on foot you can choose any of the existing routes in fact you can start walking towards Santiago from anywhere in Europe and it will be the Camino. But outside the established Camino routes, it will be a bit difficult for you to find the required infrastructure like the accommodation, the restaurants and the route markings even. I must warn you, the Camino might be very addictive Many people come back again and again after completing their very first Camino route. There are few very important Caminos. The first one is Camino Francis, the French way. 
This is the most popular Camino among the pilgrims. About 55% of them select this Camino. The French route starts in Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port, a French town near the border with Spain. The total distance of this Camino will be 790 kilometers. Next is Camino Portuguese, the Portuguese way. This is known to be the second most popular route among the pilgrims. It starts in Lisbon. The total distance of the route will be 616 kilometers. Other than being the second most popular route, this Camino route is recommended for the first timers as it is with lesser people compared to the French way. So, after all this talk about the routes through which you can reach Santiago de Compostela, you might wonder when walking from a totally unknown city to another totally unknown city which are in a foreign country and of course the natives will be speaking a foreign language and these cities itself will be hundreds of kilometers away from each other how do i find my way camino has a good solution to your problem all the established camino routes are well marked with yellow arrows and yellow scallop shells these signs are painted on sidewalks maybe on the tires the walls or whatever the items you find along the sides of the caminos depending on the route you choose based on the sceneries and the distance it is also important to choose the month during which you are planning to do the camino some routes are great in summer like camino de north it is nice warm and there will be no rain on some caminos the heat is unbearable like via de la plata or maybe the portuguese way even it will be scorching hot dry and with no shades to hide even the busiest time for most of the routes is known to be july and august of course that will be the summer in europe therefore the best walking months in the sense of weather and the number of people on the road will be may june september and the first half of october if you want to tune up your camino experience a bit and select winter for your journey which is from november to february the french way is probably the best this is mainly because french way has more infrastructure compared to the other routes and these facilities will be open all around the year weather wise winter is not the best time for your camino it can rain quite a lot and it gets chilly even and not all the hostels have heating facilities in the mountains you can get snow and some passes might be closed even yet if you want a very quiet camino with no people winter is a good time otherwise try to do it between march and beginning of november moving on to the most important part of our discussion 
how much will it cost for you to walk the camino walking the camino is not that expensive but it depends on how much of your comfort you're willing to sacrifice when it comes to accommodation all the pilgrims have two options whether to stay in a private hostel or in a public hostel the public hostels will cost you around 5 to 7 euros per night per person and these hostels are exclusive for pilgrims and also they cannot be booked in advance first come first serve basis is the policy there they will allow you to stay there just for a single night and normally these hostels have a kitchen and some utensils even so after a tiring day you can cook yourself some dinner the private hostels will cost you around 10 to 12 euros per night per person and these hostels are not only for pilgrims plus they can be booked in advance the plus point here is they will allow you to stay as long as you walk compared to the public hostels private hostels have better facilities yet usually these hostels does not have a kitchen instead they have bars and the hostel people expects you to have your dinner at their bars when it comes to food it is not a problem to find a place to eat on the camino most routes especially the more popular ones have plenty of restaurants and bars menu del dia is the most popular meal on camino it is a set menu the menu will cost you something around 10 to 12 euros and usually this is a very big meal if you are looking for a cheaper option the cheapest way of eating is buying food in a supermarket and cooking your own meals as most of the hostels have a kitchen with at least a microwave and some utensils it is cheaper for you to buy your groceries and prepare your own meals to buy the groceries for two or maybe three meals it will cost you around 10 euros only therefore you can decide on whether to spend 10 euros on a single meal or to spend 10 euros at a supermarket and cover your meals for a whole day even when walking the camino one of the most important things will be to make your backpack lighter to make your backpack lighter carrying few clothes will be the best option when you are carrying only few clothes and walking under the sun washing them regularly will be essential therefore all these hostels provides you with the facility of washing machines and dryer machines so that you can pay something around 3 to 4 euros and get your laundry done in case you are not willing to spend money on getting done your laundry they also provide the wash basin facilities where you can do your own laundry by yourself after all these detailed talk i did i hope you have some sort of a picture on your mind about camino de santiago to increase the resolution of this picture 
as i promised at the beginning of the episode i would love to invite my amazing friend bogusha frankovska to share her experience on camino de santiago bogusha frankovska welcome to very first episode of wandering vasu thank you so much for joining me today how are you i feel really privileged because <laughs> i've never done such such a thing and generally speaking i feel okay at the moment i'm very excited and a little bit nervous it's stage fright <laughs> you know <laughs> so how is poland how's brzeszko these days oh it's winter time so it's different than in your country <laughs> so it must be quite warm as usual yeah i've never been to sri lanka so i don't know really how it feels but here we have snow we've had it for a few weeks now which um, it's a little bit frosty but not much <laughs> not much frost <laughs> yeah okay so cool so today's discussion is on our favorite cabino de santiago mm. so i heard that you have done camino for three times is it true um my first camino was the most important for me and it was camino de frances french way so called the oldest camino ever and we did it for 31 or 2 days i'm sorry i already forgot the exact number but i guess okay. it was 31 days every day a little bit of walking <laughs> and okay. then uh, i went to the portuguese way uh, the name of the camino is camino da costa because it goes along the coast of portugal uh-huh. it uh-huh. took us 2 weeks but it's just uh, even uh, too much time for doing this so we spent some 2 days at the end uh, relaxing and the third time and the last one so far was camino via piemont i always forget the name because people don't really use it it's the way which goes along the pyrenees in france and it uh, ends at the point where we started the first camino so we like did oh. some kind of tail on the map <laughs> to the first <laughs> one and it took us um 7 days only Yeah. Oh. Mhm. So three so, times too. So, why exactly did you do it? What made you want to do it? And that's a good question, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's not uh, there is not only one answer to this question. To be honest, I've always liked the the idea of Camino. I heard of it a few times before I went there. um but i never thought that i could be doing this for me walking for 30 days with no accommodation planned or anything like this seemed something not ridiculous maybe but not real not realistic um uh-huh. but i i think that people's life is a kind of camino you have to move on you cannot stop you have to move on and the way shows you what to do right so it's like discovering your life and i think this way the camino pulled me somehow in it was calling me 
I mean, when I heard from my friends that another friend of hers trying to make it real, I said, wow, I would love to do it. And when she heard about it, she said, I know that we are going, you know, <laughs> because I don't know why it is so, but I feel the, the urge to do it because it might be something, right? Something important to me. So I think everybody's looking for something in life, at least for peace, right? And so I thought mm -hmm. walking this long could be really charging my batteries as well and discovering something that I don't know about me. Amazing. Um, what sort of people does this pilgrimage? I mean, are they religious or they want some adventure in their life? Or maybe for spiritual reasons even? Mm -hmm. I think you mentioned the three groups that are named in a profile that we have to fill in when we start. Just they want to know who's going and there are three options that you can mark. One is for that you're going for religious reasons. Why? One is that you need want to go for adventure kind of travel as a traveler mm -hmm. and the third one is that uh, spiritual i think oh yeah the name was spiritual, spiritual which doesn't mean really religious mm -hmm. but kind of um uh, applying to uh, appealing to some spiritual something that people believe other religions i mean i think that's what they mm -hmm. meant i i ticked uh, religious reasons because I am a religious person I'm a Roman Catholic and Santiago de Compostela is connected with one of the the apostles so I thought it would be a good way to pray to um, connect with my God and to spend this time with God not only with people but also with people <laughs> coming back to the, the previous question anybody can walk this way anybody it's not that like i am a special person not at all i'm just a regular person not very sporty not really i don't know extraordinary i'm just a simple person and everybody can can do it on their own even people prefer to walk alone but we went as three people three or two people during the three uh, pilgrimages. You don't really organize anything before the trip. You just have to arrange your trip to some place. It depends where you want to start because it's not like you have to start from this and this place. It's, it's up to you where you start. But people say that to have this thing fulfilled, you need to walk at least 100 kilometers. And this 100 kilometers allows you to get kind of certificate, which you can get at the beginning. That's why when you start the Camino, you try to find an office where they can give you this, this card. It's really a kind of map where they show the names and the route. And there's your name, why you started this travel. And uh, there is a place for stamps that you get at every place where you stop for your night. That's why you go to this office first. You can find it in most of the bigger places, uh, bigger cities 
or most famous places. Yeah, if you find one of the Caminos, let's say Camino de Frances, and they will show you on the internet what kind of places can give you this uh, certificate. So uh, moving on, people from all the parts of the world going on a single pilgrimage means it's an experience full of new people, new cultures, new languages, and especially a wonderful social life experience. So how was it for you? If I could, I would put it short. Extraordinary, excellent, wonderful. Every time I'm saying about my Camino, I will be talking about my first Camino because it was the longest, the most important, the most precious to me. Yeah, so my first Camino was a real experience for me. Uh, first day was, I was so excited, but my friend was crying. She was crying because she realized that it could be very hard. And I said, Gosha, that's her name, Gosha, don't think about the whole thing because I couldn't imagine myself walking every day for 30 or 30-ish days uh, either. So I said, let's think about today. Let's go this first part, this first day, and we will see. If we cannot go on, then we will stop and come back home because we didn't have any flight back planned, really, because you, you don't know how much time it would take you. It could take you two weeks and you say no more. You can finish it after 30 days. So we didn't really plan the backways trip. Yeah, it was good. We met so many people because in 2013, which was the first one, there were about 300 people that started the Camino on the same day. We didn't meet all the people because some of them went by bikes, so they were faster. Some of them went by motorbikes. It happened that some people even went on horseback. Uh, so they went faster. So we never met them. But if you walk, sometimes you are slower. Some people are faster. Then they are slower. You are faster. So you meet the people occasionally again and, ag and again, right? So we met so many nationalities, Denmark, Slovenia, Holland, Korea, France, Germany, Slovakia, the USA, Canada, Italy, Brazil, Russia, Japan, New Zealand, Australia, and probably many others. But I just um, tried to remember those people that I had a chance to talk to. So most of Europe and many other distant parts of the world as well. It was fantastic to, to just have this time to talk. Like you are, I don't know, on holidays or you walk out of your house and you meet your neighbor. It was something like this. We were like big family. Every now and then we stopped here and there and people stopped to sit down with us and have lunch or breakfast or, or just talk together. It was fantastic to have this time. And to be honest, the most precious for me was that everybody was equal. There were no teachers and students. There were no bankers and customers, nothing like this. Everybody was wearing comfy, comfy clothes. Everybody looked as tired as others. <laughs> everybody, I'm sorry to say this, but sometimes everybody smelled. <laughs> 
after the whole day in uh, very hot temperatures. So everybody was covered with, with dust or soaking with rain. So yeah, everybody was equal. And this is, I think, the most important part of uh, interpersonal things on Camino. No differences, you are equal. Everybody has the same problems, like for, for example, hurting feet. <laughs> yeah. And um, Spain has some kind of um, atmosphere around it. The people, the local people in Spain are so open. They will greet you every time you walk. They will wave you. They always talk to you. They are never shy. They are very, I don't know, warm people. For me, as an outsider, it was something really welcoming. When everybody waves at you and says, how are you? Which, which day is it? How long have you been going? Where are you from? And I learned a little bit of Spanish because of that. Because I had mm -hmm. to answer Spanish people who sometimes uh, were very simple people from very small villages. And they always talked to you. They were also willing to help you, to give you some water if you needed. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Speaking about the uh, people and social life experience, what were your most unforgettable memories with Camino de Santiago? My most wow. unforgettable memories. I, there is like a thousand of them. <laughs> But maybe I will tell you about one or two. Uh, the first Camino was in 2013, and my second Camino was three years later. And can you imagine that on this Portuguese way, Camino da Costa, which is the second one, 2016, uh, we, were, we already came to Santiago and we were leaving in a few hours. We were leaving for a plane. And we were walking along some narrow streets of Santiago de Compostela. And suddenly we can see um, Gianluca from Italy. Gianluca says, what are you doing here? And we say, what are you doing here? Can you imagine that this man was our friend three years before? We never talked about going again. And we found one another in the street of Santiago. It was so miraculous, I would say. It was so nice to see your friend that you met three years before. For me, it's kind of miracle. I, we were so shocked that it is possible to find someone in the street after three years, just by chance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, and second situation, maybe more normal, I would say. One day we were walking for a long time and it was so hot. It was like 36 degrees and everybody was just pouring with sweat. And we tried to limit the weight of our luggage so we didn't buy too much water because water is heavy. One liter is one kilo, as you know. So, yeah, it, it is heavy. So we didn't have any water and we were in Pampeluna old city, one of the old cities in, in Spain, and we passed by some shops and we decided, no, no, not here, not yet, because you will have to carry the water with you. Uh, so we decided that we will buy 
uh, water in the next and next and next shop next shop so finally we are walking out of the city we can see that it's becoming more rural and there is no shop anymore and there is a lady with a big bag and we say excuse me do you know where a shop is so we can buy something and she says no no there is no shop here anymore it's the end of the city and you will not get anything what would you need and we said oh yeah we, we wanted some water and she says here i bought a big bottle of water and you can have it and we say how much is it is, is it really not a problem for you to give us this water and she says no 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 you don't pay for it it's just for you please pray for me so you know some kind of miracles happen on on camino and everybody says it that you never should you should never worry because when you put your foot on the ground and then another one and then another one there's always something ahead of you and you will meet people they will help you don't worry about future so i said about two things i hope you liked the situations i liked it very much so are you planning to do the camino again any soon i would love to do plan, make plans and do something again but uh now i am already 51 yeah we met a lady from the united states she walked she was 75 and she did the whole way this 31 she, she took more than 31 days because she was slower but still she she did it but as as the time passes you are not more fit you know you are not fitter i mean yeah so that's one reason and second i don't know anything about this uh, crazy coronavirus thing so now i cannot plan anything but i hope that someday i will walk at, at least a little part of the camino maybe not that long as this first one but maybe for a few days because it's not really organized you plan it not nobody makes you uh, do it that long or that short so i hope so i hope i will um although i have talked about this in brief before I would love to know so while you were walking for days how did you manage your food and the accommodation and especially how was your safety during camino a food hmm ah it depends on your expenses right <laughs> one of our friends on the camino from holland he said that his daily expenses were 50 uh, euros hours was 15 <laughs> so it depends right if you have a lot of money then you can get whatever you want but as, of course not always because when you walk through very very small villages there is nothing no place that you can buy excellent food you just buy what it, what there is sometimes there is no shop no shop in such villages and you have to remember about it and buy something before you get there right so we usually had a package of pasta 
and yeah, when you have pasta, you can cook it and eat it <laughs> when there is no shop or no <laughs> bar because Spanish people have bars, but in the bar you can only buy mm -hmm. a little piece of uh, some local food. It's not like proper meal, right? It's only a kind of snack. So it's better to have something in your backpack. Uh, when you are in a bigger place, then you can buy food. We, we tried not to eat. Uh, I mean, we maybe not tried not to eat, but we ate like every other day something more nutritious. And in the odd days, we, we would eat just something lighter. But, you know, when it's very hot, you don't have to eat that much. You just need to drink. As far as accommodation is concerned, you know, it's so safe. We never were worried about uh, someone stealing uh, anything from us. We were never worried to leave our backpacks, documents, money on the bed. The people were really safe there. You never plan, you never phone anyone to, you know, book your uh, accommodation for the night. You just walk and decide from the map that you get at the beginning because they give you some kind of information how far is from one place to another and then from another. So you can count the kilometers and make it as realistic for you as possible. As much as you can walk, then you walk this amount of kilometers. And they say what is in the place after walking, let's say, 25 kilometers, which was like kind of normal amount of kilometers. And they say is the, whether there is the kitchen, whether there is a place where you can buy something. Uh, so there is kind of information that you get before you walk. So if you know that there is no shop in the place that you want to stay at, then you have to buy something before you finish the day and carry it in your racks. But of course, it's heavy, right? But we never... <laughs> we never starved. Sometimes we were hungry because it happened that we didn't know that it will be too late, so late and the shop will be closed. So we only had Chinese soup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you can do if it's once or maybe three times during the Camino, we happened to uh, find no place to get anything hot and nutritious for the night. But it wasn't really bad for us. I am not so thin, so no worries. <laughs> uh, so when you got, come to the place where you, you want to stay, uh, you must be very quiet. Mm -hmm. It's a kind of unwritten rule. Everybody is quiet. You just mm -hmm. put your rucksack somewhere on the proper place, not on the bed, not to, you know, to get it dirty. You have to go to wash yourself. Then you go either sleep or lie down or go outside. So anybody who is tired can relax. And people never talk during the night. When they talk, they go outside and stay to stay together. But it's very, very good for all those people who want to rest. Everybody respects this rule. So it's really, really good. And it's uh, it's not that the women are apart from men. It's it's mixed. People are 
very, very, I would say, they show a lot of culture and, you know, feel that you are in some kind of uh, improper situation, right? So very respectful people, really. Sometimes snoring <laughs> is terrible. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you can't it's good to that. take uh, your stops, <laughs> your parts. Yeah. So after doing this walk for weeks, what exactly do you do once you reach Santiago de Compostela? What is there to see in Santiago? Also, afterwards, how did you get back to your home, Poland? Do you like walk back the whole journey to the starting point or you take a flight back to your home directly from Santiago? What did you do exactly? It depends on you, whatever you choose. Normally people go back by plane. We did it. We did it by plane. We decided that at some point of our journey, we we could predict how long it would take how longer it would take so we ordered our flight back from Santiago because there is the airport uh, so we booked the flight i think we did it like maybe a week before so we knew that we would make it for the flight yeah what do you do when you come back as far as me and my friends Uh, we came to the center of the city, which is the end of the route. It's the cathedral, uh, St. Jacob's Cathedral. That's why the name of the city is Santiago, right? It's uh, because there is the um, grave of uh, the apostle, St. Jacob, oh. right? There is a story behind it. So it yes, was uh, in the 12th century, St. James was preaching in Galicia, which is part of Spain, where Santiago is, and he got beheaded there. He just got killed. And uh, his friends uh, put him his body in a boat and headed towards Jaffa, which is the, the place where he originally came from. But this boat, miraculously or, or strangely enough, led them back to Galicia. So, like, the boat turned back and came to the same place. So the, the friends buried the body of St. Jacob in a field, and it stayed there for some time. After years, a person got a kind of um, information from, the, the, from heaven, let's say, He saw like the sea of stars and he went to this place where the sea of stars could be seen and the place was a field. He found a grave. Then they believed that it was the grave of St. Jacob and that's where Santiago de Compostela was originated, was built. Santiago de Compostela The name comes from Sant Iago, Saint Jacob. De means of or from. Compostela. Stella is stars and compo is field. Field of stars. So this is how <laughs> the city was built. 
and since ninth century so many people traveled there to, to do their pilgrimages even to be honest uh, next quite close to my house there is a sign saying that uh, this way was the way to Santiago and I met a few people who went straight from their house one person from Holland walked all the way to Santiago we met a Polish guy not from my place but uh, from Poland and he walked all the way from Poland to Santiago so this is how people traveled in the old times now it's easier to walk <laughs> that way oh. so I need to come back to your a question before for a moment because you asked me what you do in Santiago we came to yeah. the cathedral kneeled for a couple of minutes and prayed saying thank you that we came there then we embraced Saint Jacob which is a tradition for every pilgrim you go behind kind of behind the altar in the cathedral and there is the statue of Saint Jacob and everybody gives him a hug <laughs> so this is the tradition. And then we went on a mass, holy mass, Roman Catholics attend normally. And uh, after the mass, there was a ceremony of the Botafumeiro. Botafumeiro is a big, big thing that is hanging from the top of the ceiling. And there are some kind of perfume. I don't know how to call it. Uh, it's a powdered um, plants which give a nice smell when they are burnt. Mm -hmm. And they are put in a big thing. It's called botafumeiro, which is hanging from uh, the ceiling. And they push it on this line so it swings from one end of the cathedral to the other end. Uh, it looks so dangerous, but nobody's hurt. And uh, it used to be very important when in the old times pilgrims were very smelly and they tried to you know to the odor <laughs> the place but it's also kind of I don't know showing respect to to what's going on on the altar as well I think yeah and after uh, this you are free you can stay and walk around the city, which is really beautiful. And we decided to spend two more days at the end of the world, which is Finisterra. You can walk for another three days to get there. But we took a bus because we didn't have that much time. And this is the end of the world, which is that you come to the end of the peninsula and see the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we did. Hmm. Okay, so my final question to you today is, what is your advice to a first-timer like me when doing the Camino? So my first advice is, Hakuna Matata. Don't worry, no worries. First of all, everybody can do it. You don't have to be a super uh, hero, no. Uh, no worries. Don't try to understand everything beforehand. Don't try to cover with your head everything during the 31 days because it's not possible. Don't try to plan ahead too many things. Mm -hmm. Just take it day after day, 
live each day separately. Enjoy each moment of it. If we come to the to more earthly things, then I would suggest that you plan your journey to the place where you want to start uh, carefully so you don't have uh, so you are not so tired when you come when you start your walk. First thing. Uh, second thing, you need to think about your luggage. Don't take too much. You just need a backpack, which can take, let's say, you take three T-shirts, shorts, longer pants, uh, three pairs of, three, pairs, three um, sets of uh, underwear. Uh, my friend lost one of them and it didn't. It didn't really matter. <laughs> so it's a very hot country, so everything gets dry quickly. Take very little um, amount of washing powder, or some people suggest that it could be uh, a shampoo. I personally used shampoo for washing my clothes. Mm -hmm. So there was only one little bottle for my hair, for washing myself, and for the washing for the laundry that's easy then you take um what else do you take ah walking sticks for me it was very helpful because it helped my knees a lot uh, your shoes should be very comfy and i prefer uh shoe boots right so my um, ankles are covered uh, but some people prefer sandals mm -hmm. i don't know i cannot suggest that uh, anyway is uh, better for you you need to choose I had a pair of sandals in my backpack just in case um, what else do you need <laughs> water and a little bit of food uh, a knife um, a fork <laughs> a cup yeah that's it really. <laughs> that's it you don't need more yeah Thank you so much, Bogusha. It has been such a pleasure. Those were your incredible travel stories of Camino de Santiago. And I hope next time I go on the Camino, I will meet some Lankans too. <laughs> and especially you. Of course, of course. What a delightful lady. And it was a real honor to speak to you, Bogusia Frankowska. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, do not forget to plan your next travel adventure to Camino de Santiago. Also, please do subscribe, rate and review. I'd love to hear from you. And come and find me on Instagram at wanderingvassal. Catch you next time for another episode of Wandering Vassal.